At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode 221. What's going on? Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what's up, buddy? Not a whole lot going on over here, bud. I've got a, a nice drink here. It's called Sunsplit IPA. Uh, I'm not paid to say that. I'm just a fan. Um, okay. It's the last beer in the house, though, so it, it tastes extra sweet. Ooh, that you got your, your hands on the last one. Good. That's right. What's going on with you, buddy? Uh, not too much. I'm using one of your uh, old-fashioned remedies. I'm having a little bit of whiskey because I woke up and I had like one of those scratchy throat deals. And I don't know if it's like an allergy thing or like maybe I'm getting like a cold. I don't know. I feel like it's that time of year anyway. Um, so I'm doing the midge trick. I'm going to drink the whiskey, try to numb the throat and see what happens. And we'll just play it by ear. That's all we can do at this point. 60% of the time, it works all the time, buddy. I love it. So we're going to ride that out. We're going to see how it goes, and I'll report back next week. We'll we'll see. Yeah, let's do an experiment, right? Like, the hypothesis, now we're testing it, and let's come to a solution at the end. Yeah, or if you or follow conclusion. along with us on Patreon, you can have your answer tomorrow in the postgame show. Always good at the plugs. Always go. good at the Patreon. plugs. Patreon.com slash Eyes on Isles. Five bucks a month. A postgame podcast after every game. Had to work that in. Of course, but uh, we have a very busy episode, Mitch. Uh, we have a lot to get into. The first thing that I want to get to is uh, some news from the clouds that I woke up to early this morning. Like, I was b- barely wiping the crust out of my eyes, Mitch. And <laughs> Leo Komarov's going to the KHL. What What's happening there? Yeah, absolutely. Same thing, right? You wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning, you're like... Leo Komarov, and you're going, I am not awake enough to deal with this nonsense. <laughs> so like all of us, I'm sure outside everyone in Europe, uh, we wake up and we're like, what does this mean for the Islanders? All of us are like furiously looking around to see how this impacts the cap, because that's what matters the most for us. Um, so I don't know if we want to get to the impact on the cap necessarily or, or just the, the move in general and then the kind of fallout from that. Yeah, we'll do... The Leo move, I think, first. Um, so, it's not like Leo Komarov has really played a ton this year, or the last few years, really. Um, so, in this year, he has one game. It was the second game of the season. He was being sent down to the AHL. Um, supposedly, I think it was Gross who um, tweeted out that he was going to report. He was dealing with an injury, and then he was going to report, but hasn't reported yet. So, they're still waiting on that, but... I mean, if you look at it, he played every single game in 2018-19. So he's a regular. Uh, and I know 1920 and 2021 were shortened seasons, but he wasn't anywhere close to playing a full season. He was kind of a spot starter, rotational guy, maybe somewhere in mm-hmm. that uh, kind of realm. But uh, this year in particular, it seemed like his role was going to be very small, again, as he was being sent down to the AHL. So I can't necessarily say that I blame him that he wants to go back and play in a league that, I mean, frankly, he spent a ton of time there. Yeah, he hasn't been there for a while, but you're right. He has spent quite a bit of time there. I think he's got 110 game. No, uh, I had the number earlier there. I was writing an article. I'm doing a top five Leo Komarov highlights um, that hasn't come There's out five? just yet. <laughs> But sorry, by highlights, I don't mean like highlight real goals. I mean like highlights that encompass Leo Komarov's time with the Islanders. I see. So 
there's going to be like blood, sweat, and tears. Anyways, I won't reveal all of it. I want you guys to read it, obviously. Uh, and in that article, I wrote out how many games he had. I'm, I'm really just vamping at this point so I can bring it up. Um, he has 210 games played at the KHL level with 110 points, 44 goals, 66 assists. So not, not an awful player at all at the KHL level. He's going to a different club, though. He spent most of his time, I believe, as Dinamo Moscow, mm-hmm. and now he's going to SKA St. Petersburg. What I was surprised with, or not necessarily surprised, but I didn't remember, was he came over here in 2012-13, went back there for the 13-14 season, and then came back in 14-15. I forgot that he went back for a year and then returned to the Maple Leafs. Right, a little little back and forth from Leo Komarov there, so. Yeah. Um, but it's a good it's a good spot for him. He's going to get a regular role on a good team, right? Like this isn't just some like random uh, KHL squad. This is SKA St. Petersburg. They're a really good squad. Uh, Igor Shostorkin's old team. Um, usually it's Vladimir Putin's team. That that's his mm. that's his gem. Uh, so like you know they're going to. Tr- be competing for championships so like the appeal is there and the payout is also going to be there they have a salary cap mind you but they've they've started clearing room to make you to bring in leo komarov so that kind of gets us to the next part of the conversation that you were hinting at is what does this mean for the islanders is it three million dollars disappearing are they just going to be able to bury the what is it one point Two five or one point one two five, whatever it is. There it is. There we go. Yep. Um, in, in the AHL, and, and that's it. What, what is happening with the cap? Do you have an answer? Yes. It. It's. <clears throat> let me speak in clearly into the microphone. It's all gone. It's all gone. So what? What I'm gathering is you're telling me that Lou did the damn thing once again. <laughs> he did the damn thing again, didn't he? Well, Hit the Lou did it the again. Funny thing too, Mitch. <laughs> The funny thing here is, too, we didn't even get a chance to talk about it because it happened after last week's show. But he also cleared Johnny Boychuk's hit, too. That's right. So that's $9 million combined gone for future considerations. Yeah, I just left for essentially nothing. Just, okay, that's it. Gone. Right? Think about that. $9 million taken off the cap. On, on two players who have a combined one game played this year, and l- let me get the number here for, for last year, I believe is like 18, 33 games. 33 games and, and 19 in the playoffs, but that's because Anders Lee wasn't around. Um, combined over the last two years, gone for future considerations. That's incredible. He didn't have to shed any prospects. He didn't have to entice any deal. He just had to let it go. Or not even had to let it go. Find this a way to let it go, and he did. Nine, excuse me, million dollars gone. <sighs> Jesus Murphy. Yeah, I don't know how you just don't already give Lou Lamarillo the GM of the Year award. Again, make it a three-peat at this point. Well, and, and like consider that as well. He cleared off Andrew Ladd, right? 5.5. He cleared out Nick Letty, 5.5. He cleared out Jordan Eberle, 5.5. Let me give him time to do the math at the same time. He cleared out Johnny Boychuk, 6. He cleared out Leo Komarov, 3. He cleared out $25.5 million in cap space. And all he had to shed was two seconds, I believe, and a third, right? In the deal to uh, Arizona for Andrew Ladd. A second in 2021, yes. 22, and a third in 2023, wasn't it? I believe. Yes, I believe so. But you could... He did get a second for Nicoletti, so that kind of... That's true. That's one of the ones that went, right? So that kind of cancels it out a little bit, I guess. And you get Richard Ponick at half price? I don't know. I mean, uh, to me, that's pretty good work because you're setting yourselves up for... They have, with Leo off the books, it sets you up with cap space ATM at this moment. But then that's just even more cap space that you could play with come the trade deadline. That's just it. So right now, the Islanders are sitting with $2.009 million worth of cap space, right? And they, like you mentioned earlier, with Leo Komarov was already in the minors, right? He was already past waivers. So that means that they, 
um, bury $1.125 million of his $3 million cap hit. So that means that they are effectively left holding the books for, let me get the number here, $1.875 million. So that's still on the cap for Leo Komarov. But that's going to be gone now. So $1.875, they're left with $3.884 million worth of cap space today. That does not count the trade deadline where there's going to be upwards of, I believe, close to 15 to $16 million worth of cap space at the trade deadline. It might even be a little bit higher than that. I haven't actually crunched the numbers. Um, but it's going to be a lot of cap space come the trade deadline. So you're saying the Islanders could fit in like a Connor McDavid, theoretically? Yes. <laughs> they, anyone. Anyone. You, yes. you name it, they can fit it. At least when it comes to the trade deadline. After that, well, I, <laughs> I don't know. They've got things to do. But... Um, Yes, they, they, they can fit in a lot of money. And if you're at home going like, how the hell does that work? Remember that the cap isn't a, a one-time calculation. The cap is calculated daily. And so they can make savings daily on the cap. And, and that's how it evolves from or, or, or morphs, I guess, or grows. Sorry, that's a better word. From 2 or 3.884 million to like 10 to almost $20 million. Yeah, Um I mean, that's the time where you want to have the space available to do things. And you could bring in... I was being, obviously, facetious with, with Connor McDavid. Of course. But, like, uh, the point being, you can get... Trade for anybody. It doesn't matter what the cap hit is because you have that space. Like, I don't know. We'll just... I don't. I can't think of an example off the top of my head. But let's say there's someone on an expiring deal on, like, an Albatross contract of, like, 6 or $7 million. Doesn't matter. Not every team could bring in a guy who has a six or seven million dollar cap hit because most teams don't have that space. But the Islanders do number one, and the other team wouldn't have to hold as any salary. So you trading for that player aren't going to have to give up as much to get that other team to retain some of the money to help you out. So I don't know. It's just everything's coming up Islanders, Mitch. It really is. And, and like you look at some of the teams out there, like the Seattle Kraken is the one, right? They're last in their division. Uh, and it's early, of course, it's early, but like no one really expects them to do a whole lot. Uh, and, and you look at a guy, and it's been brought up before, I believe Phil's facts. I, I don't know his actual name. Phil, if you can reach out to me and tell I mean, I'll reach out to him and ask him what his actual name is because I hate referring to him as just Phil's facts, but. I guess that helps him for Twitter. Um, I think he was the first one to be like, yo, what about Mark Giordano? And you're like, yeah, what about Mark Giordano? $6.75 million cap hit, like you're saying, who cares, right? Who cares? The, uh, keep in mind, like, that doesn't mean the Islanders are shelling out $6.75 million either, right? No. Like, we're talking if uh, come trade deadline, it's going to be a fraction of that. It's still going to be a lot, mm -hmm. like financially for individuals like you or I. But for the New York Islanders, you bring in a leader like Mark Giordano, who still has something to offer, who's on seven points in 13 games with three goals from the blue line. I don't know. That's pretty goddamn good for a team like the Islanders. Right. I mean, and that fits the bill too. Former captain, veteran, leader, playoff experience. Like you're just going check, 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 right down off all the boxes for Lou and Barry. And he puts up points. Like he's not he's not going to be the smoothest and by smoothest I mean like he's not going to be the fastest skater. But the Islanders aren't a fast skating team, so who cares? Can he put up points? Yes. Can he run a power play? Yes. Can he hold his own in the D zone? Yes. It like you said, it's check 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 win 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 and the cap hit doesn't matter. Like I'm sure that there's better players out there in terms of like their impact uh, uh, their productivity, right? Like sure. Hampus Limholm, I'm sure could be a better productive player. Sure. Yeah, add him to the shopping cart, right? At this point, it's Christmas shopping. We're all going, it's a treat yourself day, except you're not footing the bill. Yeah, exactly right. Because add both to the list. Let's get nuts. You want to? Why not? Why the hell you have Giordano and uh, let, let's say the, the St. Louis Blues are out of it. And we're, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but we're having fun here. St. Louis Blues are out of it. Hey, Tarasenko, you don't want to be there anymore? What's up? There might have to be some retention going on uh, for someone. Sure. Lou will work it out, I'm sure. But that's what we're at. That's the discussion we're having now is that the world is our oyster when it comes to the cap because we have opened up Leo because Leo Komarov's gone. 
That's really it. Leo yeah, Komarov's just, gone. Well, it was really Johnny Boychuk, I guess. But yeah, but I mean, both, it, it, both of them. It's uh, nine million dollars that ha- in the last what six days, nine million dollars essentially went away, disappeared, just gone. Doesn't exist yeah. anymore. That's a lot of money, especially when you consider that what's the cap? Eighty-one and a half. Yes. So nine more than ten percent. Yeah, eleven. Gone. God. And also because they were using LTR money because of with the Johnny Boychuk money, they weren't accumulating that daily. So remember I said like yeah. the cap is accumulated daily or calculated daily. Well, it wasn't for the Islanders, or at least it was still, but um, they weren't accumulating that 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 daily. Um, they weren't accumulating daily cap space, right? Mm-hmm. That you could factor in at the trade deadline because they were using LTIR. They were not accumulating that daily cap space. But now that they're not using LTIR because Johnny Boychuk left for future considerations. They are. So not only do they have space, but they're growing. That space is growing at a daily at a daily rate because Johnny Boychuk is gone. Just a masterclass, honestly, this week from Lou. Yeah, it, it, and the thing is with the Johnny Boychuk deal, it's not just kind of like he's been making the rounds and he finally found someone to bite. It's he saw an opportunity. After the Jack Eichel, I wanted to say Jack Hahn. I don't know why. Uh, Jack Eichel trade was done. He calls up Buffalo immediately. Let's make a deal. You need cap space? Or are you sorry? You need a cap hit? I've got a cap hit for you. It's just one year. It's insurance related, right? So you don't actually have to pay anything. It's 20%, I think it is, uh, that they actually have to pay out. But the season's already started. The signing bonus is already paid. What what do you have to lose? And they're like, yeah, done. I don't I don't even want anything back. I just need the number on my on my books. Right. That's, I mean, that's it. I mean, Johnny Butchuk, when this news broke, isn't he in Vancouver or, or somewhere in Western? I don't know. I don't. Know. Edmonton. That's Edmonton. where he's from. Sorry. Uh, somewhere in Western Canada. I knew. But, like, Eating cabbage rolls all day, every day for mom and dad. Right. But I mean, like, that that's the thing. Like, he, he's not even in the States. It's not like he's going. Oh, now he's got to go to Buffalo and, and travel with the team and all that stuff. He's not even there. It doesn't. It, nothing changes. No, this is just Lou recognizing. Lou and his team, right? Um, recognizing an opportunity and, and and running with it and succeeding, right? They saw an opportunity, they took it, and they got, they got it. Again, future considerations is all they lost for Johnny Boychuk, or all they get. Who cares? <laughs> they cleared $6 million and can accumulate cap space on a daily basis. Come on. Yeah, that's, I don't know. That's wild to me. But can we talk about Leo Komarov, the player, and, yes. and, and, uh, at this point now? Um, because he's more than just my camera goes up because it timed out after 30 minutes there. Um, he's more than just a cap cap space. Um, Leo Konrov wasn't a productive player in terms of like the number of points he put up, but he was exactly what we thought he was right when he was signed. Sure enough, it was a lucrative deal. Um, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. He was a character player, a locker room guy, and he was a pest on the ice. But he was our pest, and he did that job very well. Yeah, and, and some of the hate, or I guess on my end, the, the criticism is more so on the role that he was in than him specifically. Um, so while I wasn't necessarily saying, I, I can't come out here and say that I was rooting to see Leo Komarov in the lineup in the places where he was put, like, still, if... If everything, like if the cap didn't exist or we didn't know how much money he was making and he was playing on the fourth line, playing 10 minutes a night, then we have no issue with Leo Komarov. He's a good Islander. But it's the fact that he was on the top line in a playoff run where everyone's ripping their hair out. (laughs) Yeah. And so this is a lot of, yeah, he's not a top line player. And I think he would admit that as well, right? He said it for, you know, basically himself. Um but he's still a good locker room guy. It's a good guy to have around. At a $3 million price tag? No. Is that his fault? Absolutely not. If Lou Lamarello is going to give me, I don't, league minimum, $750,000 deal to do nothing, but I have to put on skates and get out there and maybe get clobbered once or twice, I'm going to do it. I will take that $750,000 yearly salary in a heartbeat. Yeah. I won't even think twice. My wife won't be happy because she's like, your, your head's going to get caved in. You weigh 160 pounds. I don't. I don't care. It's seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. I'm never getting that as a blocker. Come on. Yeah, you'll figure it out. 
Exactly. So like if it just means I got to, you know, I won't be able to tie my shoes when I'm 50, whatever, whatever at this point. But like you wear slides that that exactly right all day, every day. I'm wearing slides right now, actually. <laughs> See, you're practicing <laughs> and I can tie my shoes. Um, but but that's the thing with Lou Komarov, right? Is he put himself on the line for the Islanders? The price tag was didn't justify the output in terms of production, um, so that there's no excuse there. But he was still a valuable player when he was playing uh, for the role that he was given. It was just unfortunate that the role he was given didn't stay as a bottom six necessarily right it evolved to more than that and so with that comes expectations and unfortunately he just wasn't able to meet he wasn't going to be able to meet it no yeah absolutely so leo wishing you well my friend enjoy russia enjoy the khl put up a bunch of points get your rubles and have some time absolutely get them rubles so get some borshin yeah yeah there you go so let's get to our second co- topic of conversation which is the gauntlet that is the Metropolitan Division, Mitch. The, I mean, should we run through? Right now, you have Carolina up top. They are 10-1 and one with 20 points. The Rangers are 7-3-3. Three three. They have 17. Washington, 16. The Islanders are in 7th right now, but they're still over 500. Like, this is a, even Pittsburgh. They're in last. They have 12 points. They're 4-3-4. Four, four. All eight of these teams are playing really good hockey right now. There isn't a single team... Under 500, only one team has a negative goal differential. That's the Rangers, lulls. Um, the Metropolitan Division is stacked. And, and I don't think any Islanders fans are going like, what? In what? How? How? The Metropolitan Division is stacked? No, we're, we're, we all are used to this kind of, but it's kind of more stacked than it's ever been this year specifically now that it's come back together. Um, when you look at this, even Columbus, right? Columbus, we thought was going to be garbage. 14 points in 10 games with a 700 record. All right, same thing with Philadelphia. You do points percentage and the Islanders are 7th. 7th. That's not great. We won't get into why that's okay in anything, but like this, like Columbus is 3rd in points percentage in this division. Yeah, what? That's, yeah, that's wild. So, like, this division is stacked. It's early. And and a lot of these teams, I don't think, have played each other a lot. Again, because it's early. Like, the Rangers have the most games played at 13. Um, so, this is obviously going to change as the year progresses. But, my God, this division is a lot stronger than it used to be. Um, so, and, and you got to remember Pittsburgh, yeah, they're, they're bottom of the division, but they're dealing with a crap ton of injuries or, or COVID. I think it is even, um, just a lot of stuff going on there in Pittsburgh. Yeah. There's a lot like, I don't know. And do we really think Columbus and New Jersey hangs around for the entirety of the season or. I don't think so. I, I really don't. I, I can't see Columbus do the thing that long. Then again, they're on a three-game win streak right now. And there's n- I can't see New Jersey hang around that long. I really can't. No, I, <clears throat> I don't either. But um, right now, I mean, this is even before, you know, the, this start for all these teams. This is probably the best division in hockey, but we're seeing why that is. You know, so early on in the season right now. Hey, just think every other team has at least one team. Sorry, every other division. I should rephrase that sentence. Every other division has at least one team below or at really 500. Right, The Atlantic has three teams at 500 or lower. That's Buffalo, Ottawa, Montreal. Montreal's at 250. The Western has the most at four. They even have Arizona at .125. Arizona has three points from 12 games. So Western ain't very strong. And then you have the Pacific that's got two teams below 500. That's Vancouver and Seattle. Every other division has at least one team, if not more, below 500. The Metro doesn't have a single team below 500. Or I even at the lowest, like you said, was Pittsburgh at 545. That's nuts. that's inc- yeah, that's, that's nuts. ridiculous. Now, obviously, like we said, this these paces aren't going to go out. But just to put that in perspective, 
That's uh, nope. That's not correct. <laughs> I, I was trying it. to do a point. No, I was trying nope. to do a point pace, and it, it my brain broke. So you're doing a point pace for who exactly? For the Islanders? No, for uh, Pittsburgh. So twelve. Eleven. The, Eighty-nine yeah, points as the last place um, team. Yes. Yeah. I got 48. I did something really wrong at first. Again, You did it by half. I think you just did it by times 82 instead of times 164. Yeah, that was my issue. So, yeah, they're, they're still on pace for 89 points, which is low, right? That's not necessarily a playoff team, but they're eighth, right? They're not fifth. They're not sixth. They're eighth. This is what you would consider your bottom feeder team. And, of course, Pittsburgh isn't a bottom feeder team. Again, they have a, a ton of injuries happening. But you're getting the sense of how strong this division is when the last place team in the division is probably somewhere around a bubble team, maybe low end of the bubble, but still bubble in any other division. But for us, it's the last place freaking team. (laughs) Right. And I mean, like the Islanders are in second to last right now. Granted, they've only played 10 games uh, and it's a tightly packed division. They're two points out of fourth and four points out of third but like I, I don't know about you I'm okay with the Islanders start especially when you consider that they played every single game on the road yeah I, I'm a-okay with with where they're at like they, they have 13 games on the road right so that's 26 points up for grab if you think like half so 13 maybe 14 points is probably what you'd expect to come out of this out of this road trip They can get that. They still got three games left on the road. They're already at 12. So technically, one more point out of three games, and and, and they've had an okay road trip. Anything more than that, we're good. So they've got 12. Again, they've got three more games. That's six points. They can get up to 18 points on this road trip. Of course, they're playing the Devils, which are okay. And then you got the both Florida teams that are very good. So... Maybe those last two games might not go well, but the potential to leave this road trip with 14 points, heck yeah, you'll take that. Again, they've never, they have yet to play a home game. I, if anyone's mad at this, they've got to shake their head. Right. Which, yes, I think the point why we wanted to bring this up is one, how good the division is, but also kind of putting things into perspective a little bit. So yes, technically the Islanders are in seventh, but they played less games than most of the teams in the division. And they played every single game on the road. We know how this team is at home. So it's just preaching patience a little bit. That's what I wanted to do. Well, and that's the thing. Like, we have to remember that when they get back at home, they're not going to be... There are very few teams that are bad at home, right? Like, I'm looking at the records now, and losing records at home, you've got Vancouver 2-4-1, uh, Calgary 2-1-3. and three. So, like, my God, Calgary is really good on the road. Uh, but you have Arizona, obviously, not good at home. Uh, I'm going to division by division. Ottawa, Montreal, these are all bottom feeder teams, right? Like, none of these teams are winning teams. Um, and, and that's really it, right? Like, you get to Pittsburgh, 3-3-2. Three, three, and two. That's a 500 record. Like, you, when the Islanders get to, get to home ice, I would very much expect them to do above 500. Yes. And then you factor in the fact that, that, that they're at least decent on the road. I would not worry about the Islanders, but it does, right? Like when you look at the rest of the division, you go like, they're going to have to be better than just 500 at home to stand out in this division. Yeah, with without a doubt. Um, they're they're going to have to be. But I mean, in years gone by, they have. So that's a positive spin. Yeah, they've always been good at home. It's just how good are they going to be at this new home? Which mm-hmm. I guess could be kind of a lead into our next topic here. Uh, getting into UBS. So um, something that I've enjoyed throughout the entirety of this process really is just how much effort the Islanders have put in to make it ours. It feel very community vibe, which you wrote something about that. And I think you should kind of go through, well, the list of, of the what they've done. Well, it really comes down to the, 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 the two biggest things, right? And so we, we saw recently with Offside getting an official place in the UBS arena, in the 300 section. 
um, which is is key, right? They're not just like at the bottom with, with like you know the, the the first bowl. They're they're up with like the everyday fan, like they're yeah. like, like us. When we're going there, we're gonna be in the three hundred section. I'm I'm not making any lies here. I'm not sitting first bowl or second bowl. No. I, I don't have the finances for that. But they're they're in the three hundred, and then you also have Blue Line Deli. Right, also there, and you're going cool. So they have two restaurants for Islanders fans. Um, and if you're new to Islanders fandom, welcome aboard. Um, but both of those things are very important to Islanders fans. So my experience as an Islander fan is a little bit different than those on the island, right? Because they get those things on a daily basis. Maybe not a daily basis, but they have access to them daily. Right. Maybe not offsides anymore because it's unfortunately closed for the time being. Um, but Blue Line, they can go and pick up a Blue Line sandwich, sub, bagel, whenever the heck they want. I don't have that opportunity. And because everyone does that, because these are Islanders, uh, sta- they're staples in the Islanders fandom community or culture even, that makes it a whole lot more important for people like me. So when I get to Long Island, I want to go to Blue Line. I need to get um, a Blue Line sub. I need to get a Blue Line um bagel and then i need to get a drink at at offside because that is is some sort of rite of passage or, or pilgrimage in islanders community and, and have a a um oh my god a yes man outfitter sweater that's just behind me here i'm not wearing it right now but i've got it right there um, all these things are part of the islander fandom experience and islanders ownership and those who are in charge of building the arena listen they're like look if we want to make this for the fans we have to give them the things that they like and they want, and that's Blue Line Deli, and that's Offside Tavern, and, and an arena that has Islanders colors and banners and the center scoreboard. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that stuff out, but most teams don't do that. They go all like for you know sponsorship and just corporate things and stuff like that, but it feels like the Islanders are making their building like, I don't know, it feels like Islanders culture. I think it's the perfect word for it because that's just a part of every day you you log on twitter on isles twitter and that's what you see you see you know people talking about offside or blue line deli or the latest yes men uh merch that they put out like this is just it that that zip up that zip up um windbreaker Mm. yeah i'm more on that later by the way okay um but just overall yeah just i don't know i'm really pleasantly surprised with how good of an experience this has been for Islanders fans to watch this building go up and I can't wait to be in there in 10 days and like what does it cost in terms of a a business right because you're right a lot of a lot of um arenas will cater towards the business class right like well we need to have more suites we need to have this this the other thing and some of these other issues are not issues but like other um amenities like offside like blue line might might fall along the, the wayside because like well we got to bring in i don't know big bubba's chicken or, or we need to bring in like um i don't know mcdonald's or something like that right i'm just throwing names out there um it doesn't cost more to be like, well let's us let's give these staples of the community staples of the culture a place in our hub because after all we're trying to make this a cultural hub for the fan base that's what you're trying you're trying to get twenty thousand people or whatever close to in that arena every night and yes the business class matters of course they do we all know that but so do those twenty thousand people going in and out of those turnstiles 41 times a year minus the playoffs that matters and to bring them in you got to give them what they want they want yes men they're sorry they do uh they also want blue line and they want offside and they did it right it wasn't you're right it doesn't take a uh a rocket scientist to be like oh they like blue line they liked um they they liked offside oh i guess i don't know what to do here now it's just give them one and they did it and is, is going to pay dividends. And of course, they're not going to see like record-breaking profits because they brought offside in. I, I hope they do. Um, 
but it, it brings in and to me it, it enhances the experience of going to UBS because I'm going to go there, have a tailgate, have a good time and then get in the arena, like get lost and have mouth agape when I get in there. And then I'm, go- I'm going to go to offsite. I- I'm going to wait probably, but I'm going to I'm going to wait to make sure I get a drink there. I can't I can't wait. Right. But like, that's the thing, because let's say. I don't know. Like, for instance, there's like a there's a hard rock cafe at Yankee Stadium. Like, yeah. I, I don't know about you, but that's not moving the needle. It's like I need to get into hard rock. But offside blue like that stuff, it, it matters like that would make a difference. I would be incentivized to go. I would seek out. Hey, not only do I want to get a, a drink because I mean, that's just you're going to a game. You want to get a drink or want to get some food, whatever. But I want to go to this specific place and spend my money there because it's something that I care about. Yeah. Again, not it doesn't take rocket a lot. science. Yeah, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. But the Islanders feel like one of the rare teams in any of major sports that actually give a damn what their fans think. Now think about that. And now think about Islanders history and being like, did the Islanders owners ever give a damn what the Islanders fans thought? No, not, not until recently. Yeah, until the last five years. Right. And that that's not a knock on Charles Wong or anything like that. Like he he certainly tried it and his his legacy is keeping the team here yes. so that these new guys could do that. Um but the previous owners didn't give a crap about that at all. No. So I don't know. I just feel like we had to mention that. And I'm sure next week we'll talk about it more because it'll be even closer. It'll be three days away, which that's nuts too, but yeah. Oh my god! I'm stressing out so much because Canada and the border is making me lose. I'm gonna go gray just be, to to try to come back into Canada. It's not the American border. The American border. You're vaccinated. Cool. Come on in. Canadian border. Get this test A and that test A and make sure it's here A and it's just kind of come on. Cool. Yeah. Let's figure this out, please. Yeah. Just I'm vaccinated, guys. Just let me back in, please. <laughs> Oh boy, shouldn't be that hard. Anyway, should we get to down on the farm? I'm sure you have some stuff down over there. There's a little bit. Um, so I want to get to Aturatu because that's what everyone everyone's talking about, Aturatu. Mm-hmm. And um, he's having a, a meteoric start with uh, with Yukurit. Um, and I, I got to make sure I pronounce these all right because if not, T is going to come back into my direct mentions and be like, you didn't say that one. That was a I. Uh, I'm, I'm basically learning how to pronounce Finnish and Swedish names thanks to Tia. I, I very much appreciate it. Yerebru. Uh, there you go. I got that one right. Yes. Anyways, with Aturatu, things are going super crazy well with him, with Yukurit. Four points in two games. Absolutely loving life there. Uh, he's got a good role, a top six role, penalty kill, power play. You name it, he's playing it 17 to 18 minutes a night for him. And he's just, again, loving, loving life in Mikili. That's great. Love it. I mean, he need, he clearly needed a change of scenery, so I'm glad that it's working for both sides. It is. And they, they being Carpot, got a player back uh, in Axel Rendell, who's like got five points in two games on the black, on the blue line. So you know, they, they, they won two. Um, but they, things are going well for him. He's now, uh, there is an international break. So he's joining Team Finland in a four-team tournament in Sweden. I believe it's Sweden, Finland, Russia, and Czech Republic. Don't quote me on the last one. I'm pretty sure it's the Czech Republic. Um, so it's going to be essentially uh, a tune-up to the U20 of the World Junior Championships that are going to happen in December slash January. And uh, he's expected to play a pretty big role there for Team Finland. So that's going to be over the next couple of days. I believe they play tomorrow uh, against Team Russia. So take a look at that because Team Russia's ain't no slouch. Okay, take notes. Uh, and then I don't have a whole lot more. Williams Full just keeps on keeps on keeping on. Um, he's he's absolutely killing the league there. Uh, so that's good to see. Uh, I think Bridgeport is currently winning their game. Last I checked. And um, Otto Koivula is putting up points there. Just doesn't stop scoring at the AHL level, which is exactly what you want to see. But I don't think that necessarily makes him a uh, an NHLer. So they end up winning 3-1. Robin Salah gets a point. Goloshev gets a point. So does Koivula. So those are all players that we want to see put up points. Uh, I, I know I've heard the reports recently that maybe Goloshev wants to leave. I'm going to take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. Just because he did bring all his, like, his kids and his wife over, like, 
you don't just like come over and be like, all right, I'm here for only two weeks. And if I don't get what I want, I'm out when you bring the whole family over. Yeah, that doesn't that would seem like a quick hook on all of this, right? Yeah. And Lou's pretty above board when it comes to this stuff. So it would strike me as odd that Lou at least gave him enough assurance that, yeah, it's fine to maybe bring your family. Although I guess maybe he could act independent of that if he wanted to. He being goalie shepherd, that is. Um, But I I think he knows what he's in for this year and is going to do what he needs to do. And he he is right. He's got seven points, I believe, now in seven games. I think he's still a point per game player. He might be up to eight points. Sorry. He is five points in nine games. I believe that doesn't count today. So that's six points in 10 games, which is still pretty good at the AHL level. But um, for sure. With Leo Komarov now gone, he's working himself into contention for like that 13th forward role. I think he'd be um, pretty good at that. I think so too. I really do. He's not a big player. I don't think that matters. He's got he's big on character and big on skill. And so if anyone goes out in the top nine and they need to make a call up, it's going to be Golishev. Okay. I like that. And uh, last thing is uh, Rustin Shikov. I've, I've been chatting with him nonstop through uh, this whole thing. And um, he's getting better. He's about 90% there. So he's still not um, ready to hit the ice necessarily just yet. But he's going to have another test. I believe it's next week. They're going to check to see if he's 100%. And if so, then he can start skating again. And then it's only going to be another maybe a week or so before he's back on the ice for Edler Mannheim. Okay. So get him out there. He's getting better. He's getting better. High spirits still, even though he's been out for a while now. And that, that's what you want to see. You don't want to see a player that's kind of down on themselves like, oh, I'm not really enjoying this. And of course, why would they? Um, but he seems to be doing well with it, all things considered. Good. That's awesome. Love to hear it. All positives. Exactly. So, well, trending in the right direction. Uh, yeah, right. Not quite there, but as you said, trending in the right direction. Shall we get to the quiz? Yes. As we do every week, there's a mystery New York Islander for you, Matt, and you at home to guess. Hopefully you don't guess it on the first try again. Let's do it. Three in a row. I've tried to make it a little bit harder this time. You've got five clues to guess. They get progressively easier as we go. Are you ready? Yes. Let's do it. Clue number one. I was born January 13th. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Your first guess. You're not even going to give me a year? Not even a year. You're not getting a year. The streak comes. You're too good. The streak comes to a close. Next. I've played for Medicine Hat Tigers, Indianapolis Checkers, and the Phoenix Roadrunners at the lower level. Okay, next. Ha! Three. Yes. Um, I was drafted 38th overall by the Islanders. Okay, I'm stumped so far. Next. Yeah. Okay, so I debuted in Nets. I'm, I'm trying to find my cursor here because I my notepad. Where is my cursor? Three screens is the death of me here. Um, four. I debuted in Nets for the Isles in 1984. I also like to wear bandanas. And not necessarily just bandanas, but like like sweatbands, basically. Uh, um. Okay. Next. I had a record that stood for 33 years where I made 73 saves one Easter. Oh, the Easter epic, Kelly Rudy? Yes, sir, it's Kelly Rudy. Okay, there we go. I should have got it off the bandana. I was between a couple of guys. You needed to confirm, that's fine. I was between a couple of guys in that era, so I I didn't want to spew one out. I should have just spewed one out, but I sat on it for another round. (laughs) That's fine. You ended up getting the right answer. That's all that matters. Rather than spew at some random guess. Yeah. Who knows? The street kids. So we tell my kids now that they're they're learning math. Like, don't just spew out whatever. Just think of it. Take a second to think of it. Yeah. So. I mean, we we're the first to tell you, but to take take your time with math, please. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's see. So what- good job by you, Kelly Root is. I don't know why that came up. It just did. Okay. I was wondering what the connection was, but that's the fun of it. It could be it's- random. I saw a picture of it was Billy Smith, Kelly Rudy, and uh, I forget the third goalie. Rolly, just side by side goalie? goalie gear. Yeah, three goalies. Yeah, Mark Rollison. There it is, Rolly the goalie. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. 
Yeah. I thought you said you said goalie twice. No, 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 no. That's okay. <laughs> goalie, goalie. <laughs> no, no, Mitch. No. <laughs> Let's see what's going around on Isles Twitter this week, Mitch. What do you got for us? AJ Duffy 03. It's a great haul at UBS Arena. It's absolutely stunning. Look how beautiful this is. We're so close, fans. 1120 is right around the corner. And it's a picture from the, the hall and the right. It's absolutely gorgeous. Like, I can't believe we're going to be able to walk through this building in days from now. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it looks like, I don't know, like Grand Central Station or something. Like, it just looks like beautiful archways and like that from that era of architecture just i can't wait it, oh, it looks beautiful yeah and it's very grand right and inviting it just oh boy uh, but i i can't wait my first one is we hinted at it earlier it's from yes men on twitter it says hoodies certified stable shakers available tomorrow 11 11 at 11 and i love it because the saying on it says you be yes hmm <laughs> Nice. So it's just mixing in two things that are Islanders related. Absolutely. I love them. Fuck, I love them. They're they're so good. Um, everything they come up with is absolutely, it's a bomb. If I had unlimited amount of money, and I wish I did, uh, my 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 closet would be full of, of Yes Men stuff. <laughs> just everything. Everything. Uh, I got approached at a park the other day. I was wearing my um, um, Let's Effing Go shirt. Oh, okay. And someone came up to me with like a concerned look on their face, like, um, can I ask you about your shirt? And I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, what does it mean? Well, it's about a player. And I'm in Ottawa, mind you, right? Yeah, in yeah. Ottawa. So Pajot comes from here. He played here. And I was like, well, it's about a guy, you know, it's about a hockey player that plays for the Islanders. But he used to play for Ottawa, Jean Gabriel Pajot. And the person looked at me with the most confused face I've ever seen on anyone. Like, I just spewed out some sort of curse upon them and their family. Really? They had no idea who I was talking about. Not only do they not know who the Islanders were, and I was wearing an Islanders hat as well, and they didn't know who Jean-Gabriel Peugeot was. Apparently, not every Canadian likes hockey. No, there you go. Stereotype doesn't fit there, I guess. That just absolutely crumbles on that stereotype, this person that came up to me at the park. But either way, I wear it all the time. There we go. Uh, what else you got, Mitch? Mine's from the SUV here. Uh, it says she's just missing Parisi on there. And it's someone at Walmart wearing a jersey. And it's Wallstrom 44. I don't remember him wearing that number, Mitch. I've never seen Wallstrom wear that number. I don't understand. Is this just kind of like a jersey foul or someone who just kind of went like, you know what? I'm buying whatever. And I don't care. Yeah, I don't know. I want to know the backstory on that jersey. I really don't get it. Like, <laughs> that is not his number. Um, I Wow. Just, but good on you for wearing it in public. Love it. Maybe they just wore it because they're like, damn it, I don't care. I'm wearing it. It's happening. Love it. Love that energy. Uh, my last one comes from Joe Pantorno on Twitter. He says, Matthew Barzell re regrets the age difference between him and Andy Green. If we were both 24, we'd have some fun together. So... Is that like, do we, does our friendship still last, even though we have a big age difference? Like, it's uh, like, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is why does it work for us, but it doesn't work for Barzal and Andy Green? What's, what gives, man? Is he I don't know. It's very ageist of him. Yeah, no, like, we get along just fine. We hang out, we do stuff. Although, um, <laughs> maybe if we had millions of dollars, it'd be a little bit different where we'd be into different things. Like I ain't going to know any of your country shows and you're probably not coming to any of my like do metal shows, but still I'm not going to those all day, every day, nor are you. No. Yeah, that that's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was just, that, that gave me a chuckle because one, I mean, they, they do have a big age gap, but then it made me think of Mitch and I and how we make it work, even though we are what, 10 years apart. Yeah, and you know what? I'd probably still go to some of your country shows, right? The the Troubadours. I forget. I'm your Turnpike gonna hate me baby. For this. Let's go. I mean, I would listen. I would go see a Turnpike show. I've listened to them because of you, and I don't. I don't mind it at all. There we go. I'm just out here spreading the gospel on Red Dirt and Texas country. There you go. I, I'm fine with some country music. I don't like the twangy pop country. That's what I don't like. Neither I don't like do pop I. Pop country. Neither do I. Okay. 
Beauty. Uh, my last one here comes from Adam Herman. I think we all know where this is going. Um, uh, imagine being an Islanders fan watching the Rangers get outplayed every night but win because of another generational goaltender. Another was emphasized on purpose here because he used all caps. A generational goaltender and a kid who grew up in Jericho and handy and handpicked the Rangers. I'd be so annoyed. What was that about? I, I don't know. From the clouds. I don't even remember anyone saying anything about Shesterkin or anything. Right? Like, would we be annoyed that Shesterkin's good? No. I don't think anyone on the island or any island fan going like, Shesterkin's a terrible goalie, lols, you guys are idiots. No, everyone's going like, yeah, he's a good goalie. Right? Like, I don't understand. It's kind of like, ha! You bet you'd be real mad if you thought, you know, look at Shesterkin. And we're all going like, yeah, we all thought that out loud together you're you're not really raising anything that we already didn't agree upon collectively i don't i don't understand what what the flex what's the flex here that's where i'm trying to go with I, what is the flex here because i feel really dumb for reading that going like i don't i don't get it what is the flex here i don't know uh, the islanders have a pretty good young russian goalie too like i don't know right like that's that's the thing. Like no one's saying like the the that the Rangers are terrible because of Shesterkin. They're going like, hey, the game recognized game, and then it's kind of like, ha, yeah, but, yeah, but he's good. Yeah, we we all we all said so. I don't I don't understand what what do you again? What's the flex here? I don't get it. It just seemed kind of like kind of ha got you, and we all went, but you didn't. So now 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 you look just silly. Yeah, I don't get that one at all. So, Adam, I don't understand, buddy. I don't get it. Oh, stay salty, my friends. <laughs> Apparently. So that was my last one. That was your last one. Yeah, so let's just do some plugs before we go. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get the show. Appreciate all the love and support there. You can follow along with us on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. We're on Facebook, too, so catch us there. Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles for five bucks a month. You get a post game podcast after every game, a mailbag podcast once a week, every single Wednesday night we record right after this. Uh, and you get a discord channel filled with Islanders talk and a whole lot of fun over there in that Islanders community. Uh, what else you got? The website eyes on uh, And you can get us on the fan sided app as well. I think that's everything, right, Mitch? I believe that's everything. Yes. Perfect. So that's going to do it for us tonight. We'll be back. Next week, we'll be previewing the big home opener. Can't wait for that. But for now, that's going to do it. I'm Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson. And we'll talk to you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.